When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Diggs. G-I-G-G-S. No. Rodri. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? It's opinion. I respect your opinions. Maybe in your opinion Messi is better than me, but in my mind I'm better than him. I can't hear you. Come out and try. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I can't hear you. Um, can you hear me now? Hear me yes. now? Yes, yes. Hi, no one can hear me. But now, the home of Roger Giggs and football. I am joined as ever by the man himself, ex Salford City and Manchester uh, FC United winger, Mr. Roger Giggs. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You? Yeah, I am very good, mate. I'm uh, it's uh, it's a bit weird, isn't it, being on this early, like, but uh, you know, it's yeah. all good. Loads to discuss, mate, and I know you've got somewhere to be this evening, so um we'll we'll um yeah, we'll talk football, mate, isn't it? Um yeah. so sorry, it just throws me every time I think about it. Uh so we're gonna talk about the super sixes, mate, to start it with. Might, it might be called off though if, if the queen dies before seven o'clock, then it's all off. Can you imagine that? And how, yeah. Oh, mate, be gutting hours. That'd be oh. absolutely devastating. Should be a good night. <laughs> well, I thought you meant the Queen dying. <laughs> depends, depends on your point of view, I suppose. Okay. Woo! What a start. Uh, Super 6 update for the last... We've had two rounds since last week. Uh, Saturday was won by Stephen Beckley on 16 points. The midweek winner with 19 points was Mark Jones. Well done to those lads. But I'm sure you all want to know how my battle with Rodri is going. And uh, we were one point apart last week, but we had the same midweek score. But on Saturday, I topped the celebrity table, which takes a ginormous lead of five points over Rodri. Uh, the next round is three o'clock on Saturday, so we're going to try something different. Try something different this week. Five massive points. It's all, it's all I need, mate. It's all I need. We're going to do our predictions now, though. I had a blinded week on Saturday. It was it was Wednesday, which let me down. Poor, poor, poor. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't. 
get too, I don't get too excited because I do them a lot. So you're going to get excited. You don't yeah, of course you do, do that a lot. So yeah, carry yeah, on. I'll see. Averaging live, I normally average six points, don't I, for the first half of the season? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Getting carried away, and you get eleven. You get eleven in the week. You get the nosebleed soon. I had eleven Wednesday, fourteen on Saturday, Sunday, whatever yeah. it was. It's flying, flying, mate. So let's have a look. Saturday, uh, three o'clock. Obviously, you've got to get it in before then. We got uh, Liverpool versus Wolves, mate. I bet I've gone three-one Liverpool. I might change that though because they're in dire straits, mate. Liverpool are, and Wolves have perked up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm going to go with a draw, two-all. Even though it's at Anfield, two-nil. Liverpool might be struggling. What well, did Diego Costa play? Two-nil Liverpool. Two-nil uh, Liverpool. Uh, then we got Leicester versus Aston Villa at Leicester. Uh, I'm going to go Villa 2-1. Leicester, another team struggling. Where's that at Villa? Uh, at Leicester. Uh, Leicester 2-1. Interesting. Uh, Southampton, Brentford at Southampton. Uh, uh, what? 2-2. Uh, I'm going to go one all with that one. And then on Sunday, uh, so Saturday, 5.30, Man City versus Spurs. Very interesting game. Both teams in uh, good form. I'm going Man C- or Haaland for Spurs 2. 3-1, Tottenham. Ooh, there's a chat. That could be the difference maker. That could be the difference maker. Could get you five points back there. And then we got West Ham versus Newcastle. Well, I think Gaz was in the chat. Not really. I've got my points back in Liverpool because you've gone for a draw. Yeah, well, mate, Liverpool ain't going to win, are they, the way they're going? But that's something I want right. to talk to you about, actually, in a minute. But um, West Ham versus Newcastle, mate, at West Ham. Gaz was uh, saying uh, the other day that he's worried about West Ham. Um, I think, uh, what what you got in that West Ham, Newcastle? At West yeah, at West Ham. Oof, I'm going 3-1 Newcastle. 2-1 West Ham. Ooh, okay. interesting. He's gone for the home. So so this could be an interesting one, depending on which one of us is right. Could be uh, running away from uh, each other. But we'll see now. And then uh, Crystal Palace versus United, Sunday, 4-30. 3-1 United. Yeah, I've got three one United, and I think I'm going to keep that as well. The um, my thing with it is Palace have been pretty good, but um, as we will discuss in a minute, there's certain things which I said to you the other day. Actually, there's certain things about United and the way they're playing, which makes me think they're going to do quite well this year. But um, let's get into the the nooks and crannies of the football. A couple of quick we'll questions what, for you, mate. We'll see what we'll see what team he picks tonight. Yeah, that'll be yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. Oh, that what, should be out soon as well. What, what the Because that should be out in a minute. I'll have a keep an eye on that. Two quick questions for you, mate, before we sort of properly delve into it. Just your first reactions: Is uh, Diego Costa a good signing for Wolves? Yes. Yeah. Is Graham Potter a good appointment for Chelsea? Yes. I think he is if they give him three to five years. If they are going to sack him at the first sign of trouble, like they've done with Tuchel, then there's no point in appointing a manager who's highly rated, but has no, got something well, to prove. Well, he's, he's, signed, he's signed a, five, a five-year contract, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, I know, but they're looking to go away from that. The managers, every two years, three years, they want to get a new mould. And obviously, with this type of manager, he needs time. So, yeah, you'd expect him to get at least three years. And with that, yeah, you'd expect him to do well. But, you know, he's, what he's up against, he's up against Manchester United, he's up against Liverpool, City, Tottenham. 
all these elite managers. He's done okay with Brighton. It's a different kind of pressure now. He's at Chelsea where he's expected to win every week. If he doesn't, lose his free games, he could be out of a job. So it's a different kind of pressure. But, you know, he's got, I'm pretty sure he'll have time to adapt. And, but he's got to adapt quickly because, like I say, it's a, it's a winning culture now. You've got to win every game. Yes, definitely. It's a different type of pressure. And I've got to say, um, like, I'm very surprised they sacked two chills. You know, he won, when did they, aren't they European champions, Chelsea? It's laughable, mate. It's absolutely ridiculous that they've sacked him. Like, it just makes no sense. Um, last, well, yeah, with the ones before. But... Hotel Wi-Fi is playing up for Rodders there. Um, so, yeah, if you've got any questions, guys, get it in. Will says that uh, Tuchel sacking is laughable. One in the Champions League gets sacked after eight games of the new season. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Oh, it's um, like there's eight games gone. Chelsea have been a bit hit and miss, but like he won the Champions League not long ago and they've sacked him. Like the other thing I was going to ask you, mate, right? Is Chelsea were let Yeah, but you've got you've with... got play you've got new you've got new players coming in though, mate. It's a big difference. Rudiker's gone. Uh Alonso's gone. All right, Lukaku didn't wasn't massive for him, but he's he's gone. And who else has gone? Someone else. And you know, they've got new players coming in, Sterling's come in, Cavalli's coming in. Abangyang's coming for one game, then he obviously they've got rid of him. I don't know if he'll be happy or not because he probably come because of because of Tuchel. So, um, yeah, it's still a big job though. They're five points behind Man City, mate. Yeah, so it's, it's United, not like United, they're bottom of the league. No, exactly. United are only what four or five points. Three, behind you. three points yeah. behind you. Uh, three points. Yeah, so that's nothing. It's, it's one week. It's a draw and a, and, a, and a loss for City in a week, which could happen. We've seen it happen. Obviously, I'm oh, sorry. I, they're, they're, they're five points behind Arsenal because Arsenal are top. They're four points behind City. But, yes, but they're, nothing. But, like, you know, City play Tottenham on Sunday or whatever it is. So that could be a draw or Tottenham could win. And, you know, they could be right up there with the points. It's, I just think it's a ridiculous decision. I thought the new owners would be different at Chelsea. And maybe, maybe you know, the new owners come in and he's thought, you know what, two children on my man. I need to get my guy in. But it does seem from the outside looking in like a strange one. No, it's, let's just, you just answered your own question. New owners, they like to have the new their own person in. Um, and that's what we're seeing. He was just a dead man walking. He had to win every single game or win win a trophy or, you know, and he didn't do that. So, so um, the other thing I, which I was going to ask you about, so I don't know if you've been, I know you've been travelling up to the big smoke today, but um, Phil Brown's been kind of tweeting about Liverpool and Klopp um, today. And he said, um, he put up like a bit of a thread saying that, uh, Klopp's basically the pattern of his management is very similar to what happens with happened with Borussia Dortmund. Very successful, but because of the intensity that they play and the, the toll that it takes on the players, if you don't replace the players sort of every couple of years and keep that cycle going, if you get end up with like a lot of thirty year olds, their bodies can't uh, live with the intensity of the tactics and the way that, that he likes to play. And then it starts to fall off. We saw it a little bit last year, but they still had a very successful season, albeit they lost the Champions League final. They didn't win the league, but they did pretty well. And now, you know, they've won two games this year. They were awful against uh, Napoli. They weren't very good against United. Um, obviously, they had that 9-0, which kind of glossed over it a bit. Is there any chance in your eyes, because they're behind Chelsea, by the way, um, yeah. is there any way that Klopp doesn't see out this season as Liverpool manager? No. Pretty simple. No. So, when's what are we now? We're, so, start September. Say so you've got six weeks, eight weeks, maybe, till the World Cup break. Listen, if, it, if, the, if the results carry on the way they've been going, then you know, they'll look at it. But I, I don't see that happening. They've got a lot of injuries. 
the the star centre forward, supposedly the best in the world, the best to ever do it, is having an absolute torrid season. So he needs to get that right. You're right, the midfield is old. Henderson, Milner in the same team. We've seen that against United with with energy. You can run him ragged. And, you know, the, the missing Manny as well, which is people underestimate how good he was. He was massive. It was all Salah, Salah, Salah. Well, now you've seen the, what, what Manny brought. What Manny brought. Well, what's, uh, what Mane did for them is he was their striker or their forward player who pressed high up the pitch. And without him, I think that in itself creates a bit of a, a dilemma in the way that they play and the way that they press. But also, like you say, with the age in midfield, because they've got Kai, uh, Naby Keita's out, in he? So they've got, he's effectively the legs. They've got uh, Henderson, Milner, and who's the other one? Fabinho, isn't it? Is it Fabinho? Um, that's quite an aging and aging or like there's not a lot of pace in there. It's a problem, but they've also just had a transfer window to address that problem and haven't. So, is that on the manager? Is that on the owners? Um, but he's been quite. But he's been quite. He's been quite clear. Klopp, Klopp's been quite. I'm gonna... He's back. He's hotel Wi-Fi for Radas is a, is a nightmare. Um, I just saw Craig has said in the chat that his his YouTube is showing us that hasn't started yet. He needs to refresh the page. Someone tell him, um, or someone drop in the chat and tell him, I suppose. Um, but like if Rodders, as Rodders is having a few issues with the hotel Wi-Fi, um, please do drop as many questions as you can in. Uh, or as eager to make it as interactive as possible, as you know. We try and cover as many subjects as we can. Um, so Gaz says he thinks that Jurgen Klopp will be the next one sacked. So Gaz, the only reason I disagree with that is I think um, that if West Ham don't get it together, I think Moyes might go because I think some clubs will see that now. As um, Some clubs will look at Tuchel going and they will see... Um, ah, got you. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Craig. Got you. Glad you. Welcome, my friend. Welcome. Um, so, Rodri's in a hotel in London. Uh, he's going somewhere special this evening. So, um, he's doing his best to sort of join, but uh, he's having a few issues with the Wi-Fi and stuff like that. So, just uh, do fire as many questions as you can to me. Let's keep the keep the conversation going. Um, I'm interested in what you guys think about Brighton and how they will cope with the loss of Graham Potter done a tremendous job for Brighton. Um, they're fourth in the Premier League. They're on a tremendous run. It's a big, big blow. Um, you know, very high for him. Uh, very happy for Graham Potter, but how does Brighton co- uh, cope with it? Yes, buddy, you right? Hotel. Yeah, it should be all right now. Um, I was just sort of talking to the people about asking them what their views on Brighton and how will Brighton cope with the loss of Graham Potter? Because that's a big blow for them, isn't it? You know, they're fourth in the Premier League, doing very, very well. Lose your manager. How does that affect the squad? How does it affect the team, the fans? It could be problematic, couldn't it? It could be, but you'd you'd like to think that they've got a good group there and and they've uh, they've been together a long time. So as long as they don't tweak too much, they should be be all right. I'm hearing today that Adam Lallana has taken over. So that should be... Uh, interesting, but well, as as interim coach, but yeah, as long as they recruit well and 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 the, and the manager that comes in and doesn't you know change much, why would you want to change much? If you come in and change it, you'd be stupid. So you know, just have to wait and see. Yeah, look, I'm I'm happy for Graham Potter. I think he deserves a chance at a big job because of the job he's done at Brighton. In terms of the way I see with Brighton, I just cannot, um, I can't see a new manager coming in and getting the same reaction out of those players. Those players are playing for Graham Potter. Um, Brendan Rogers could be a good shout, I think, because I got a feeling he might be leaving Leicester soon. Um, I think he would be a good kind of successor. They play quite similar football and stuff. I, I think uh, Sean Dice would be a good shout. <sighs> My only problem 
from that if I was a Brighton fan is Sean Sean Dyche is very pragmatic in his approach and and the way he plays football. Brighton are accustomed to playing quite a you know a decent style of football. If oh, not, mate, I, Sean Dyche gets a bad rap, mate. I've watched Burnley. I've Burnley at Old Trafford once get a two all draw, and and they played United off the park by playing football. So right. sometimes he gets a bad rap. They do knock it about. They just play to the strengths. He's not daft. Yeah. So yeah. You, you'd think in coming to Brighton, like I just said before, you wouldn't change much and just put, add a little bit of your personality onto it, and that's it. Anyone new coming in there and changes and rips everything up, he's just he's an idiot. Yeah. Because they're fourth yeah. in the league and they've got a good formula. Yeah, they got a good mix of experience and youth as well. And I think um, you're right. I, I, I. So I'm not sure about Sean Dyche, but I accept your point because. I always felt like Sam Allardyce got a bit of a bad rap. Everyone just assumed he was a long war manager, but actually, when he, you know, when he was at Bolton, he was bringing in players like JJ Acocha and Ivan Campo and all this. They were playing good football, like got, Yeah, you can only play with the players you've got, haven't you? And the players that you have got available. So you if play they're what, suited, you play what you got. I'm pretty sure if he, if he would have carried on with England, you wouldn't have seen that with England. No. Yeah, so, I accept that. Yeah, as a coach, you, you, you work with what, with what you've got. And he was very effective with that. Yeah, I um, I think Adam Lalana as an interim coach is an interesting one. I'm not sure that's the direction I would have gone. Is he part? Of, was he part of the coaching staff already? Do you know? You don't know, do you? He might, he, he might have been. Um, but it's a bit left, out of left field, but... You know, so is Gary O'Neill for Bournemouth, but you know, he gets a good result, and you just got to take these opportunities. You know, they don't come along uh, often. It's like when, when I was at Salford, you know, I didn't expect to, to go into coaching and managing at 33, 34, but I did and ended up retiring and just carrying on with that. Mm. But that, I wouldn't have done that with anyone else, but it was with Salford. But you know, if you've got an attachment to some kind of club or you feel some kind of way, you know, you're going to go for it because you might not get the opportunity again. So, just reading on the BBC site, it says, actually, it says Andrew Croft, who's the under-21s coach, is in charge for the weekend's game. Basically, because um, uh, Graham Alexander has taken his, all his first-team coaches, his goalkeeping coach, and his assistant head of recruitment with him. So, they've all gone. So, you know, Andrew Croft is the under-21s coach. So, that makes sense for the weekend. Maybe Lalana comes in then until they can get there. There's an international break as well, um, I think, in two weeks. Yeah, so you don't need to rush into an appointment. Um, here's a shout for you, then, mate. Rob Boyle says Scott Parker to Brighton. Yeah, Scott Parker's a good shout. I'd have that. I I I think that's the best suggestion I've heard so far. Um, it'll be interesting, mate, because I'm sure that there will be a lot of uh, up and coming managers, a lot of managers who want to repair their reputation, whatever it may be. Here's I think a lot of managers. Here's one out of left field. What about Ali Gunnar yeah, another one wants to repair his re- uh, his reputation a little bit, maybe. And plus, look, they're fourth in the Premier League, Brighton. They got a good squad. It's not John, a small John squad. Terry. John John Terry, um, Bellamy, my fancy it. Although I think he's probably happy where he is. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Brighton's a lovely part of the world. They're fourth in the Premier League. You might get a couple of million to spend in January. Why wouldn't you want that job if you're a if you're a manager? Um, Thomas Tuchel, mate, maybe you'll want it. I think it yeah. might be maybe out of his their price range. I don't know what Brighton's financial situation is, but I'd imagine he would be on quite a substantial wedge. But I don't know. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I think Thomas Tuchel, Brighton. Mm, you never know. Yeah. Oh, oh, Hannah. It's gone to half mask. Oh, no. Well, breaking news. Rodri says that uh, the flag's gone to half mast. I'm Buckingham Palace. Oof. One, one, minute, one minute, mate. One minute. Yeah, it's all right. Because um, I've come down to London, right? And I've just checked, yeah. me, I've just checked me emails. And the email says if the Queen dies before seven o'clock, the party's the party's off. Oh mate. That would be devastating. Got a couple of really good suggestions actually for the Brighton job, which I'll come to in a minute. You just check on the Queen. Um 
yeah, um, Rob Boyle, Andrew Croft. Yeah, she has. Apparently, it's on Sky Sports News and everywhere. Um, Queen has died. Bless her soul. Wow. Well, you know, at the end of the day, whether you're a royalist or whether you're not, you don't want to see someone die and you don't want, you know, she's got grandkids and family and she's a human being at the end of the day. So uh, I guess, you know, rest in peace and all that. But yeah, that's shocking. And the, the worst part of it is Rodri's party's off now because it's 25 to 7. You're on mute, mate. No, no, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, there'll be, you know, mate, there'll be some idiots when they're all posting all sorts of stuff on social media and that. And at the end of the day, like, regardless of what you think of the royals and, and the system and all the rest of it, like, she's still a human being, isn't it? And she's still a, she's still someone's grandmother. She's still someone's great grandmother. She's still someone's mother. Is you know, she's still a human being, in it? And it's, it's, it's never nice, I guess. No party for you, mate. You're muted. No party no, no, for you then. No, no. no, no, no. Night out in London for you then tonight, then is it? I don't know. I don't know. I've just got a scram. I don't know. Yeah. Come on, um, man. Right. What about Pochettino, Rooney for the Brighton jobs? Rooney. Uh, I doubt Rooney. He's settled there now, isn't he? Yeah, two he's settled years, in America. I think. Isn't he? Two years. Um. Yeah, no, I don't see that at all. Rooney. What about Pochettino? That's an interesting one because the style of football fits, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting we're, we're, one. I, I like that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, you've got you've got to back yourself if you're going to Brighton. If someone like Pochettino, because you're going down a bit. No disrespect to yeah. disrespect to Brighton, but you know he's been to Tottenham. Well, he's just been in Paris, hasn't he? Yeah. But again, like Solskjaer, does Pochettino need to do a bit of a repair job on his reputation? Because it didn't go as planned, did yeah, it, as Paris? Possibly. Um, this might be the perfect job for him. Yeah, it's very, very... Uh, it's interesting, mate. I, I, I find that really fascinating. Um, right, you're a, you're a United fan. Oh, well, Before we talk about United, did you see... Uh, someone asked, did you see the Atletico Madrid result today? They conceded an equaliser six minutes into injury time. And then scored the winner in the 11th minute of injury time. Like 11th minute. So what's that? It's like I've, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of injury time this season. I mean, seven, eight, ten, nine, eleven. A lot. Is that because of VAR? It's got. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's a directive to stop time wasting, and they come up with this stuff now and again, don't they? Every season they come up with some directive of, you know. Stop diving, stop time wasting, whatever it may be. But um like eleven minutes is a bit steep, isn't it? Like you're talking like a hundred hundred and first minute. This seems like a lot. But I don't know if there was any, you know, any injuries or you know, like something happened which meant that there was so much. But if you're conceding an equalizer in the sixth minute of injury time, you're not expecting to get anything more out of that game, are you? So that's why you gotta keep yeah. playing to the whistle. Um Right, let's talk about United, mate. Um, I know, uh, obviously, you're a fan. You've got to be happy with the way things are progressing over the last couple of weeks. After a horror start, four games on the bounce, um, I thought against Arsenal, uh, I thought Ten Hag out-coached Arteta. Um, like, tactically, I just thought Arteta was very, very naive. naive. When, when Arsenal... When, United scored their second. It was like Arteta thought there was two minutes to go and he just went to pieces. Like I just could not get my head around it because... He just that, made like, too many changes. And well, at that stage the of the game, you, you lot were dominating... Uh, sorry, Arsenal were dominating the game. They'd only just equalised and United then hit him on the break. But like, it was because of the tactics. that they. It was like they scored an equaliser and it was like there was 20 minutes to go and they were already like... Throwing people, and that's how you're not, throwing people forward. That's how United got the goal on the break, the second goal, and then he brought on I think four subs at the same time, and they had no right back at one point. 
And then they conceded another because they just had no formation, no shape. And Ten Hag was so clever with his subs. Even when Arsenal equalised, I thought, oh, because he was just bringing Fred on. And I thought, oh, he might not bring Fred on now. He might bring on, you know, a more attacking sub. But he stuck to it. And Fred made the difference in the the set, you know, the latter part of the game. Um, I thought Christian Eriksen was excellent. But what Christian Eriksen is doing is he's bringing the best out of players around him, such as McTominay, um, Fernandez, Rashford suddenly looks like a player again. Um, and obviously you had Anthony made his debut, looked okay. Um, I like the... Uh, what's the name of the left-back who they signed, the new left-back? Um, Malassia. E, I like him. Got a good attitude. Have very what's his name again? Malassia. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> not, as bad, not as bad as my geography, is it? Come on. No, but you, you had problems with that last week. That's why I said yeah. it. Uh, I know. Uh, I've been practicing all week now, see? Now, I tell you who else is, uh, who I think has made the absolute difference to United is Martinez at the back. Him yeah, and Varen no, look superb. Mate. Yeah, they, they, they have, but the most two influential players for me are, are Ericsson and Malasso, you just mentioned. They've been yeah, superb. And they cost combined 15, 40 million. So yeah, it's they've uh, been brilliant. Malasso's noise tenacious, his, his attitude is, uh, you know, it. it Runs through the team, um, and Ericsson obviously with his quality, just uh, people like ex pros saying, or oh, Ericsson won't work, it was just baffling to me, absolute baffling. The guy, ask you a question, oh. mate, though, right? Um, so obviously, Martinez went off, I think it was more to waste a bit of time, to be honest. I think he had a bit of cramp or whatever, but when Maguire came on, United did look. A little bit shakier, they're only a little bit marginally more shaky at the back. He just looks like he's still a bit of a liability. I think it's probably confidence. But if Varan or Martinez get injured, do you worry that there's an issue there? Yes, but you know, it's an issue anywhere. Um, it'd be more worrying if Martinez got injured, to be honest. Than Varane, mm -hmm. but I think you can you can replace Varane with uh, Lindelof or yeah. Maguire. Martinez is different, isn't he? All his five he is, uh, five foot nine business. I told you it was crap. Yeah, it's his attitude, mate, which changes it. It's his fire yeah. and his, his it's, it's tenacity and his, his attitude, and he's one of them defenders that you just hate to play against because he's all over you. He reminds me of Ramos. In his attitude, Sergio yeah. Ramos, like he um, players play opposing players hate him, like he just winds them up and he does things. He wastes time. He you know he does all the things that you expect of a top class player. Yeah. Um, Craig says uh, he says he thinks after Ten Hag roasted the players for their performances in the opening two games, but then he also joined them on the extra fitness work that they did on the Sunday. So basically, he, he roasted them. Got them all in on the Sunday after the Brentford game. They ran miles, but he ran, you know, he ran it as well. And he, Craig said he thinks he earned some of the earned the respect to the players. Do you think there's any uh, any truth to that? Yes, and probably they don't want to do that again. So put it in in the games. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why. That's why. Point. That's why he's done it, mate. Mm. You know, if, they, if they're stupid, they'll, they'll, then they'll carry on doing what they're doing and they'll come in on a Sunday. But if they're not, mm. you know. They probably picked it up straight away, which top pros do. So I'm not doing this again. Sunday, nine o'clock, running, running. No thanks. So put it in the game then, and you've seen it. Even Ronaldo when he come on, all Smile over the place. on his face. Yep, looks happy, which was mad, like to me. But you know, yeah, I think he wants. He Ronaldo's not stupid either. He knows, right? I'm here till January at least, at least. So he knows that. He's got to play if he wants to play. No, he's I think, he, I right think he, he, won't, he, won't, he won't leave in January now. He'll no, I don't either. But, but you know what? I mean, just he knows he's there now. He, he's not going anywhere, so he's got to suck it up. If even if he wants to go, and he also can see that there's quality in the squad now, which wasn't there last year. So he knows that they're going to do. They should do better than they did last year. So he knows if he puts the work in, he'll play and. 
it's interesting. Uh, Gaz says Rodgers wasn't wrong about Ericsson. Uh, he's been the difference maker in midfield, bringing out the difference in Fernandez, Fernandez as well. I think Fernandez is a good captain. When I seen him, when I seen him play United last week, yeah, I was live and I seen it. The guy kept the ball. Everything he's done was top class. It was just a no-brainer for me. He's a Manchester United footballer. He, um, his passes between the lines for the for the the Anthony goal just cut Arsenal up to pieces because United just went back and forwards and around the pitch, just working the Arsenal. You know, Arsenal were just following it around, and then all of a sudden, Eriksen takes it on the half turn, whips it into Fernandez, and it's game like it's a goal straight away. Very uh, very impressive. Um, so, what do you think of Anthony's debut? Muted. He didn't really play that that well, but you know he got a goal, so took his chance. Just, you got to, you got to say it's a success, haven't you? Got a bit of fire in him, mind, haven't he? He's got. Yeah, I saw a few times. It'll take time, mate. He looks a bit slight as well, so he needs to build himself up a little bit. <clears throat> a bit more physical in the, the Premier League, so. But yeah, he'll be fine. Just I end up saying, I bet he gets sent off before the end of the season. Yeah, you don't mind that. No, yeah, you don't mind fire. that. Yeah, you don't mind that. Um, and obviously, Casemiro hasn't really come into the side yet either because Scott McTominay has suddenly... I think he will, think he will tonight. You know, yeah. European yeah. game against the Spanish side. Yeah, I think we'll see him tonight. And do you think once they see him you know, playing week in, week out, he'll be the starter alongside Ericsson? It's whoever plays and, and plays well and if they win, then they stay in. That's the template now. He doesn't like to change his sides. Uh, he likes a bit of continuity. So if you play well, you get injured, then someone comes in, next one up, if they come in, then keep it. I like that. I like that way. Then everyone's clear. You know, obviously, European games, we might have to mix it up a bit to give people games and, and give people a rest. But other than that, just keep playing the winning team. If you need to make a little little change here and there, like a langer out for Anthony, then can do that. What do you make of Arsenal's performance? Um, yeah, it was, it was they, they, they played very well. They played well. They just made mistakes <clears throat> in key areas. Uh, the manager didn't help them by bringing the free subs on. Uh, Ericsson and Bruno's quick thinking. Rashford is always on the front foot with that space in behind. Yeah, so they did look dangerous, United, though, all game. But Liverpool, yeah. Arsenal. You know they'll they'll still be going away from more traffic disappointing. Which yeah, is, I know, just thought it was a little bit of naivety, little bit. Um, that's, both that's, from still, the manager, but still also a young manager, mate. Within so he's been the doing team. it for two or three years, so he'll, he'll yeah. learn from it. Hopefully. Young team as well. Yeah, exactly. Tell you, who I thought was very good. Two players who stood out for me for Arsenal was Odegaard. Thought he was very good, and I thought um, Gabriel Jesus was very good. Um, and I think there's a few clubs who will be looking at. Jesus going, you know, why didn't we have a look at him, basically? But it is what it is. Do you think United win tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who you'd like to see play tonight, like who you haven't seen yet? Uh, uh, no, not really. Casemiro, obviously. like to see Ronaldo gets, get a full, full game. Uh, sharpness, but no, starving. Been in the car, yeah. starving. Maguire will play tonight. I'd imagine. Maguire, as well. yeah. Had... yeah, they Maguire. shouldn't play Rafael Varane. I don't think tonight. No, I don't think they will. I think they're playing Martinez. No, he's a bit fit boy. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Arsenal are drawing. Um, Tottenham still winning. They've uh, haven't lost in five games. <sighs> Quite comfortably beat Marseille last night, although they some of the football they play in was not good. But they hit Marseille on the break. I saw a few Tottenham fans online, fans sort of moaning that this isn't the way Tottenham should be playing at home against Marseille in the Champions League. But they got a result. They got three points. Anything to that? Do you think like they should be, what Tottenham should be concerned with the style of play if they're getting the results? Muted. 
as as long as they're getting the results, they're still uh, a working process, aren't they? Still, uh, but they're on the right track. Richarlison's looking decent. Uh, they've got that extra bit of quality now when Kane's not about or Son's not firing like he is. Now they've got three potent players who can score goals, which is which is a plus for them. Looking yeah, solid, Matt, looking solid at the back too. So yeah, it's Marseille good. and no mugs as well, are they? And I think um, sometimes people get a bit carried away with the Premier League. Like these European games can be a bit of a minefield. They can be quite tricky, and you've got to just do what you've got to do to get the points in the Champions League. Get through the group stage. That's the aim, isn't it? Um, yeah. Did you see uh, the which game was it with the VAR? I think I've forgotten what game it was. Uh, basically, the oh, it was the Brighton game on Sunday. The guy scores a volley from like thirty-five yards out. Like he comes down. Yeah, McAllister. McAllister. And then, yeah. and then the ref gets. The VAR gives a free kick for an overhead kick chance like a few seconds before. What do you think of that? Because uh, we should be encouraging that type of skill. Oh, like VAR's, an overhead all kick. Over, VAR's all over the place at the minute, though, isn't it? What do you think of the Arsenal one, actually? I forgot to ask you, Dad. Did you think it was a foul for the Arsenal? To sk- like, he didn't get a ball, was my thing. He didn't make any contact with the ball. It, 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 it it's a soft foul, but it's a foul. No, it's a foul. Should it be brought back for that? Probably not, because it's a soft foul. It's not you know, an obvious mistake. It's one of them where you could it could play on, it could not. Depends what angle you've got as a ref, but it is a foul, isn't it? But it's one of them. Yeah. It's a game two. It's like, but it's for you, young great. But it's soft. I almost. I almost feel like no. What ref... about no? For, for what about the the, the the Newcastle one? What about the West Ham one? They were just ridiculous. And this is the problem. There's no consistency with it. So, like, very quickly with the um, with the United one, I felt like if the ref had given it as a foul, then fine. But then I, when it went back to VAR, I was like, well, the ref has seen it. He's you know they, he wants to keep the game flowing, etc. So maybe yeah. it shouldn't have gone back, but so like you say, it is a foul, so it's difficult. The Mikel Antonio, mate, I think he's going to be in trouble because he went on a bit of a rant. Um, he went on the uh, the Football is Football podcast and um, basically slagged refereeing off and like went to town a bit. He says, as soon as the referee gets called over to the monitor, his judgment is clouded because he already, basically, if he gets called to the monitor, psychologically, the, he's already looking to overrule the decision. As soon as the referee gets, uh, uh, all the confusion starts at that point. He says, ultimately, you should only use VAR for blatantly wrong decisions. You shouldn't need to be showing everybody the lines. Just make the decision and get on with it. Um, and he went further saying it should be just scrapped altogether. Yeah. He said, it's just been it. He said, when the referee makes a decision, he's made it, you accept it, you move on. If someone's watching it on a video and it's wrong, and it's still wrong, then it's just pointless. What are we doing? Yeah. No, I don't know why they're getting it so wrong because, you know, I've been watching this for years. I've said it loads of times. I've been watching this for rugby and rugby league will be, they never get it wrong. So I don't know what is going on with football. They're just Cricket. idiots. Yeah. It's the referees. Yeah, it's the referees. Bad referees. It's got to be the people who are watching it, isn't it? Who are, no, why can't who we hear the, what's going on? Why is everything cloak and dagger? Why are we yeah. not hearing everything with what's the conversation you're having? So then we can discuss it and, 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 and analyse it. Because everything's you know, secretive. Oh, what do you think? Oh, you know, it's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because every every sport we just mentioned, cricket, rugby league, rugby union, uh, American football, um, tennis, you know, all of them, as far, I'm not sure about tennis, but all the others, you hear the conversation between the officials. So you know what they're looking at, why they're looking at it, and then they, you know their interpretation of the rule straight away. And it's straightforward. But in football, like you say, they try and hide it for whatever reason. They didn't used to show it on the big screen to the fans in the stadium. I don't know if they do now, but I guess I just think it's 
I said at the start they should just okay. do it for goal line technology, blatant offside goals, and um, like yeah, it's change, ridiculous. Just ridiculous. like keep it simple. Like it's yeah. so they just it complicated it when it didn't yeah, need to be. Like, I've got like two percent left. Right, buddy. Um, I'll ask you a couple of quick questions then, just for you to finish, and then I'll have a quick chat with the peeps. Um, prediction for United tonight? How do you think it's going to go? Uh, close. So have two one or two nil. Okay. And will Brighton or Chelsea finish the league in a higher position? <laughs> Chelsea. Okay. Brighton will finish mid-table. Um, That's a good season for him. And the last one I wanted to ask you about was a comment Gaz made, I think it was earlier, um, or he was asking about, he said he's worried that Moyes might not make it through the season because West Ham have not been very good. Do you think there's yeah, any no, chance I, he's I, in I, danger? I yeah, no, I disagree with that. He's, no, some Someone has two good seasons and then he has a bad start and suddenly he's a bad manager. <laughs> Yeah, I, he wasn't saying. He wasn't saying no, that he but, thinks they should be people, sacked. But people are going to be sacked or panic. No, they just had a bad start. They just need to stick with him, and no, he'll come out the other end. Yeah, one manager in the Premier League. Like, who do you think's the next manager to go off the top of your head? Ooh. I think Brendan Rodgers. Myself. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers. They are cemented yeah. to the bottom of the league, and they look terrible. Yeah, yeah, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Tillman is wishing or, he went. Or Jurgen Klopp, because Liverpool are struggling as well. Yeah, I do think it's a problem at Liverpool. Um, right, mate. Go on. I was just going to say, I'll leave you to it before your battery runs out. But, but, um, you have a good night, mate. I don't know if it's... Is it definitely off, is it? Well, I got the email and it says if, if she dies before 7 o'clock, it's off. So <sighs> Devastating, mate. Gutted. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely gutted for you that you would like... You know, you were going to go there and that, but uh, such is life. Um, have a good evening anyway, mate. I'm sure you'll have a nice night anyway in London. Yeah, I'm sure you'll debate what to do now, whether to drive home or not. I don't know. No, we'll be Buckingham Palace now. No, all right, yeah, it's in a bit. Buckingham Palace now to pay your respects, is it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well done. Good old, in well done, man. See you later, mate. All right, bye. <laughs> right, I'm gonna hang around for uh, for 10 minutes or so. I haven't done a one man show for a while. Let's have a chat. Let's talk. Send me some questions. Send me your opinions. And uh, we'll go. Craig said um, that one referee this weekend rejected the, the monitor. That's good. I mean, that's a good sign. I just think they've made it overcomplicated. Will says VAR is uh, meant to be fit, clear and obvious errors, but they've paid a fortune to implement it. So have to, to use it to justify their spend. They need to get rid of it altogether, in my opinion. It's ruining football. The other thing is, they don't seem to be having the same issues in other countries from what I've seen. Now, I'm sure people could correct me if I'm wrong. doesn't seem to have the same issues in the Champions League and the Europa League. And it doesn't seem to be having the same issues in the other top European leagues. So is it just the Premier League? Because they were, the Premier League was rubbish in the first year of using it. They were not using it properly in that. Um, Craig said at the start of the season that he thought Leicester would be an uh, outsider for his to go down. And he got a bit of grief. But uh, Craig at the moment made to be improved right, i got to say. And they look, i got to say, they. I look at the teams, the bottom sort of six or seven. Um, so you've got Leicester at the bottom. Leicester have looked so poor. Um, the only game they turned up for is the United game and they still lost that. Um, Forest are just all over the place. You just don't know who you're going to get. Like you could get one week, they'll be superb. The next week, they're dreadful. West Ham, I think, will come good. David Moyes is a good manager. He's organised. I think Aston Villa will come good, although they're on a bit of a bad run. Um, Everton, not convinced by Everton whatsoever. They've lost Richarlison. I'm not convinced by Frank Lampard, as people know. So I do think they were very lucky to stay up last year, Everton were. So I don't think that it's a, like a nailed on that they'll just, you know, they'll go back to it where they were a couple of few years back. Um, so that'll be interesting really to see how they go um, Jordan Pickford is also out for a month he's got a five strain it's a big blow because he is a big player for them both obviously a good goalkeeper but also he's he's very vocal a big part of the team 
I thought defensively they've looked better since they've signed uh, Connor Cody and Tarkovsky, but I still think there's holes there. I still think there's problems at Everton. Whether they'll go down is another subject altogether. Palace, I think they'll stay up. Vieira seems to be doing a relatively good job. They've had a couple of decent couple of difficult games recently. They got United Sunday. They played Palace last week, although it was postponed. Um, sorry, Brighton and Palace game is postponed this week. You got, They played Newcastle on a weekend. It's a tough game. Newcastle are doing very, very well. Um, and before that, I think they played Liverpool. And yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Um, I think Palace will be all right, though. Uh, who else? We got Wolves, I think, might struggle. And Bournemouth, I think, might struggle. Um, Southampton have been all over the shop. Win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Um, Fulham look good. Been really impressed with Fulham. Because the one thing with Fulham is, every time they get promoted to the Premier League, they always have a terrible start. And Mitrovic never seems to score in the Premier League. I couldn't believe that there were some United and Liverpool fans in this uh, in the transfer window saying, oh, if worse comes to worse, we should sign Mitrovic as a striker. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you never watched him like in the Premier League. I was shocked because for me, phenomenal championship striker, Premier League has never really been able to recreate that goal scoring form. However, he's got off to a very, very good start this year for Fulham. Um, not sure how many goals he scored, but just his performances overall, I think have been excellent. He really looks to have um, like matured a little bit. I think it helps that Fulham have got a better team than they have had previously. But, um, yeah, I'm not massively in, impressed with him normally in the Premier League. Um, oh, here's an interesting little tidbit. Um, Ex-rugby international referee Nigel Owens, um, obviously had a big part in the video refereeing decisions within rugby, TML, I think it's called. Uh, says one of the key issues with VAR in the Premier League is the lack of communications from the referee and the fact that the final decision should be made by the on-field uh, official. After a weekend of VAR controversy, much has been said about what football can learn from rugby's TMO. Uh, Owens told BBC Radio 5 Live, uh, trying to get it perfect is impossible. What happens then is, is that perfect becomes the enemy of good. What you want is to make good decisions, get the big decisions correct. You are not going to go through life without making an error, but you're not uh, you are not going to play a game of football. A manager is not going to pick a team without making an error in tactics. The official is not going to referee a game without making an error. But what you want to do is get the big decisions right. At the moment, what people are expecting, or maybe what people have been told, is that we are going to be perfect. That's impossible, so don't. Uh, don't let the perfect be the enemy of good. He said, if you put 10 pundits in a room, they're not all going to agree on a decision. If you put 10 referees in a room, they will all have different views on why they gave that decision. You also then have the best match official on the field. So the final say should be with him. When they go to that monitor and look at something, they're the ones who should be making that decision, nobody else. The problem is... If you haven't got VAR or the match official explaining to everybody, this is why I'm making that decision. So in rugby, the referees are mic'd up. Why isn't it happening in football? I completely agree with all that. Absolutely, 100%. The referee on the pitch has got to make the decision. And if he's mic'd up, he can say, I'm making this decision because X, Y, and Z. And I think that keeps everyone happy because everyone... Everybody, from the people watching at home, social media, the fans in the ground, the managers, the FA, whoever, the teams, everybody knows where they stand in that situation. Whereas at the moment, like Rodri said, it's all about cloak and dagger. Um, Will says that he thinks Everton will struggle all season. Yeah, I really do. I'm, I'm, it's weird. I look at their squad and I think, oh, that's not bad. A good manager could get something out of that. I just don't think Frank Lampard's a great manager. Um, no disrespect to him. I just don't. And i concerned for them if I was an Everton fan. Uh, Craig says, I think VAR should only be used in the boxes and anyone in an offside position in the box is obviously interfering in play. 
any decisions outside the box should be left to the on-field officials. So, that's an interesting point of view. So, a couple of things I would ask about that. So, say you've got like a, a winger, he goes down to the, he's run down the wing, he's beat this fullback, he's in the bottom left hand corner, uh, he crosses the ball, it gets kicked out to the edge of the box, and the midfielder smashes it in from top corner. If the winger is still down in the corner from where he's crossed it, he's offside. So, you're saying that goal should be disallowed because he's offside, even though he's nowhere near the. You know he's no he's nowhere not in front of the goals he's not in front of the keeper he's he's not interfering with anyone he's just down on the floor it should like is that disallowed I'm asking you Craig you answer me mate please and also um the other thing I would say with that is you could get things like all right okay so you're saying in the box anyone inside the box but even so he could still be like just to the left or right of the goals and not be in the way is that I suppose if there's a rebound, he's offside, and yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky. It is a tricky one. Um, outside of the box, I, I'm not sure as well because you've got like, so you know, with the Arsenal Man United one as an example, like I thought that was a foul, but I also thought it was a bit soft for VAR to go back and do it. I thought the referee got it wrong. He should have given a foul at the time. However, so let's turn that into like a two-footed tackle, a really nasty challenge that the referee misses for whatever reason or doesn't realise it's as bad as it is and then Arsenal score that goal. If you're saying, if the rule is that you can't, anything outside the box is down to the referee and that's a goal which should be called back. We have the video ability, but we're not calling it back. It, do you know what I mean? It comes very complicated and very um, much of an issue. Um if you're in the box, Craig says, if you're in the box, uh, a goalkeeper and defenders will be there defending against them. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard. Look, it's really, really difficult. And I think one of the reasons why the people making the decisions struggle with it so much, generally, not just with VAR, but with refereeing generally, the reason we see so much inconsistency is because FIFA change the rules every year, little tweaks here and there, and they word in and they make everything as complicated as possible. And it's almost like, I almost feel like we need to go back to basics of like when we were, when I was younger, where it was like, basically, if you're offside, you're offside. That's it. Tough. Get it, get onside. And I'm not sure, like Pete, you guys who watch rugby will be able to tell me, isn't that the rule in rugby? Like, if you're offside, you're offside, and there's no, like, oh, he's not interfering in play, is he in the way, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, but you, some one of you guys in the live chat or Patreon. Um, and for the guys who are listening, obviously, a bit of a weird one today. Started off with, like, me and Rodri, and then Rodders has had to go because he's on hotel Wi-Fi and battery and stuff. But we were very keen to still do a show because there's lots to discuss. Um, guys, listening, people who are downloading the show and stuff, I know there's lots of you because you download it every week. If you want to watch live and get involved in the chat, join patreon.com slash Nation. There's still a couple of half-price slots left for the £5 tier, I think it is. And even though, even now, the bottom, bottom tier is three quid. Price of a coffee per month and you get Live show every Wednesday, which is not released outside of Patreon. You get the Roger Gig show live on Thursday. You get the Monday, every other show is coming back. So that every other Monday you get a live show. And also the Danny Batten Fight show is coming back soon, which will be live on a Sunday. Um, I'm only going to be doing that every other Sunday, I think. It's going to be have a new host in the, in the box seat. Uh, and she's very good. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see how people kind of react to that and stuff. That'll be live on Patreon, same as the Rodri Gig Show, live on Patreon, and then free to download for audio listeners. Uh, we release my story every week on Tuesdays, um, which is on the main channel, free to all, both audio and video. Uh, this most recent episode was with a Welsh female footballer, uh, was in the Welsh squad on Tuesday as they qualified for the playoffs. 
Morgan Rogers. Really, really interesting conversation on uh, women's football and where they go next. The the Euros, England winning the Euros and stuff like that, as well as Morgan's career and how she's grown and you know her journey as a footballer and how she used to have to play with boys as a kid and in the boys' teams and stuff because women's teams weren't there. We had a really interesting conversation about like the ins and outs of all that and and you know how to get around, how to improve it, how to take it to the next level and stuff like that. It was really good, really good uh, conversation. Um, Friday, so tomorrow on the main channel, free to all. Uh, I got an exclusive interview with indie band uh, Honey Motel. It was a, a real fun chat. We talked about all sorts of stuff, um, including somehow we ended up talking about like free speech and stuff, which was wild. It's not something I would normally want to go into just because it's hassle. But uh, it was really good. Uh, I enjoyed the first time they came on last year and um, they came on again. Really good. Then latest single cartoons is out, and uh, it's a it's a real good, real good song. If you like it, like indie music and stuff, um, Brit pop type thing, it's really good. Um, hope we do have some more bands on soon. Uh, next Tuesday is I'll leave it to up to finish the show. I will leave it to you guys in the chat so you can vote. Would you like this Tuesday's episode to be Cardiff under twenty threes? Uh, coach Darren Pearce, former Premier League footballer, or stand-up comedian and TV host Leroy Brito. You would have seen him on Scrum 5, uh, the Scrum 5 spin-off, and he's on BBC Radio Wales. Very good com comedian. Very uh, Both are very good shows, actually. Uh, which one would you like to have this Tuesday at 8 o'clock? You tell me in the chat. Vote now. Leroy or Darren? Let's go. Um, but, you know, they'll both be out anyway. But which one do you want this week? Uh, so please do check out Honey Motel interview tomorrow. Um, that'll be out at 8 o'clock Friday night. Um, I realise, like, you know, people are out on Fridays and stuff like that. But I'd really, really appreciate it if you guys could just go into YouTube, watch it, um, comment. Really helps out a lot if you can drop comments on the videos and stuff like that. Um, from next week, going to be dropping at least one clip a day from previous shows, new shows um, on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. If you're on those platforms, one, make sure you're following all that good stuff. Please, please, please drop as many comments as you can because that the more comments that go on stuff, um, and I'm not talking live chat now, I'm talking comments on the actual videos. What happens is so on Facebook, if you, the more comments you get, the more they push your video, the more likes and comments you get. So even if you've seen the clip before, even if you saw the episode, or even if it's something maybe you're not interested in that sport or that film or music or whatever, please do just drop a comment in there, share it, like it. Gonna have a real big big push and try and um, try and grow some more followers. We kind of hit a bit of a bit of a wall at the moment um so really making a push on now um i am open to patrons um if you would like to make any suggestions on new shows um i'm interested in you know i'm interested in hearing your guys what you would like to see what you think is an interesting idea um can be anything it doesn't have to be sport comedy music whatever you think um potential co-hosts potential uh, content, ideas for podcasts, ideas for content, anything like that, please, please, please send them in. Uh, really looking to kind of rejig some stuff at the moment and um, add some more content, some different content, some different types of shows um, and see, you know, see what we can do, see what we can build. We've got the football show. we got, you know, we've got some other stuff. Let's see what's next. Uh, the votes are in. It seems like Darren Pierce is uh, is the guy, but um, we'll go from there. Um, yeah, like join us, join us, join us. Spread the word, guys. Uh, I'm going to try and clip out some stuff from this tonight uh, to try and you know push the Roger Gig show as well. But um, in the meantime, as always, you guys, I appreciate you so much, the patrons. You guys are keeping this channel and me going at the moment. Um, had some bad news this week. 
and um, it really took the wind out of my sails and just like, I don't know, it's difficult, you know, um, it's like always feels like two steps forward, one step back, but uh, I'm going to keep doing my thing. Enjoy it. I like you guys. Let's go. Let's have it as it were. Comments on videos, share the videos, you know, all that type of stuff. Cannot tell you how much that helps. It always gives me a lift if someone gives a little share and a comment. Nice one, guys. Take care. God bless. RIP to Liz. Sports Social Podcast Network.